Hey guys, welcome back to the Rise and Slice Golf Show podcast. My name is Theo and a bit of a different start to this week's episode. This is episode 41. Me and Chenji were supposed to do uh, episode 41 together, but Chenji's away. So, um, so, and there wasn't going to be an episode this week, but I have the Mark Benley episode that was supposed to be episode 42. That is what you're clicking on now. That's what you're listening to now. Uh, please enjoy this amazing episode. Thank you to Mark. Thank you to Forrest Pines. Thank you to Dane Duffin for last week's episode. That was an absolute banger. If you haven't listened to it or watched it already, please go back and watch it or listen to it. It's a great watch, great listen. This week's episode is an absolute banger. Uh, great information. Uh, great. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad Mark, Mark Bentley said yes to us. All the links for Mark and Dane are down below. If you require a lesson, go book with them. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. That is a rice and slice guarantee. I don't know if that's a thing, but I promise you it's worth your time and, you know, worth the money that you're paying. Um, back to normal. Oh, by the way, big one. Um, we keep mentioning at the beginning of the podcast, oh, episode 42, episode 42. It's It was supposed to be episode 42, but we, we had to change some things around. It is now episode 41. Please sit back, enjoy, and back to our regular programming next week. Take care. Bye. We probably should have changed clothes because it, it would make more sense. Also, like, we're going to have an episode of doing it remotely and then coming back in real person. Okay, so, first of all, welcome back, guys, to uh, Rice and Slice Girl Show podcast. My name is Theo. Gentleman to my right is Chenji. This is episode 42. Which you might, you know, be familiar with our outfit. So, the outfit looks the same as episode 40. Uh, the place is exactly the same. The the we're wearing the same clothes, which we probably should have should have changed clothes, but we didn't. But here we are. We have the pleasure and the privilege of sitting down with somebody who's been in our podcast for many times, but not in person. We've spoken <laughs> about this gentleman out the forty or forty two episodes. We've probably spoken about this gentleman more than fifty percent of the podcasts. Probably like his name popped up. Like his name popped many- up times yeah a lot even if it's like for 30 seconds we're like oh mark wouldn't approve of this exactly you know one of them but we have mark bentley on the podcast mark it is so good to have you i'm so happy you're, you're you, we finally you know sorted a, a date to get you down um you are my life savior <laughs> i, I want to say you are the the, the 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 reason why my putting is good uh really just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. you are genuinely the reason why my putting is good um, I, I'm so glad I found you when I did, I was desperate as, as you have texts, <laughs> you have texts uh, proving how desperate I was. Very desperate. Uh, um, but welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. No, it is our pleasure. We had the pleasure of you and Dane, um, Duffin, Duffin, yeah, Dane Duffin, uh, walking the, like nine holes with us. So Dane, uh, obviously you've heard on the, uh, episode 40 where we uh, we went around with Dane and Dane kind of was like, he's like a course management expert. Is that the, is that the right way of saying Strategist. it? Strategist. That's the word I always forget. And uh, we were looking enough that Mark was with us and giving us tips on the green, which was obviously just as helpful. Uh, very helpful for Chenji because obviously I've had two very key lessons with Mark and I was very, very, yeah, I've learned a lot and it was good for you to kind of learn 
the very, very, very basics of Aimpoint, which we will get into a little bit. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Well, I've... Yeah, I think, um, I hope you've had a, a great day here at Forest Pines. And it's it's easy to talk to you about Aimpoint yep. because you've gone through the full the full um, learning process. Genji hasn't yet. So I didn't really get into a, too much detail with you, but I just said if you were using Aimpoint, this is how you'd do it. Absolutely. So, yeah, but a couple of reads produced breaks that I think you you were surprised with. Would have never thought. Mm. And that's the main thing, because um, we spoke about this when I first had a lesson with Mark, where Mark put, um, like, T-pegs next to, to holes. And was it, like, seven or eight T-pegs? I can't remember. It was in September last year. Yeah, it, it? Was. Yeah. It, it was. It was a few T-pegs. And uh, before we even started the lesson, Mark said... Okay, just reading this part before we do any aim point, before we do anything, which T-peg do you think it like the break is? And I said something like, oh, it's on the second T-peg. Yeah. T-peg. And then we ended the, the, the lesson and then, you know, he was like, okay, so what about now? And then I was like, Mark, I think this is like on the eighth or ninth mm. T-peg. And obviously he was right. But it's aim point. I think in your world is probably, is it big? It's big getting bigger. I am genuinely surprised why people, why anybody, like everybody doesn't use Aimpoint because it is life changing. Well, if you're, if you're, if you're into golf and you're struggling to read greens, even if you're good at reading greens, or even if you, if you think you're a good putter, you can be so much better if you learn Aimpoint. I've, I've discovered this obviously. Um, but I want to talk to you first of all, before getting into, into Aimpoint, okay. um, I want to talk to you about you first and foremost, you're a putting coach. I am, yeah, so. So why are you a putting coach rather than your traditional, um, I don't know, like short game coach or iron? Why did you? Spe- why are you so specific on putting? Um, I came to professional golf later than most most guys uh, that you'll be familiar with as coaches. Right. Um, so I turned pro in my late 40s. No way. Um, I didn't know that. Did you not know that? No, I did not know that. Uh, Chenji got my life story. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I, I was with Dane walking on the, on the other side of the fairway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So, so I, che- yeah, I, I, uh, I turned pro in my late forties, and from a, coming from a business background, one of the one of the principles that I, I brought forward into my golf coaching was you can't be a jack of all trades, okay, um, and a master of none. Mm-hmm. So somebody once said to me, if you specialize in something. People will always seek out your services. Mm-hmm. So I could not begin to compete with long game coaches who have been coaching um, how to hit the ball for 10, 20, 30 years. They've got more information on long game coaching in their little finger than than I would have in my entire body. Okay. So my thoughts were, I'm in my late 40s. I'm soon going to be 50. I'm now 60. I don't want to be trying to hit the ball because uh, you have to walk the walk as well as talk the talk, I believe, as a, as a coach to a, to a degree. Um, putting is something that you can do for as long as you're able to. to, to uh, there isn't the dynamics and the ballistics in, in putting. So I thought, right, looking at longevity, I can, I can coach putting for years. Um, I then Google putting coaches in the UK and there were literally – you could count them on one hand back then. Um, so I thought, right, I'm going to I'm going to open a putting studio. 
And I laughingly called my garage at the time a putting studio. There were it was open to the rafters, it was uh, breeze block walls. <laughs> It was a curtain down one side. Is is this the same garage that I visited? Yeah, it changed over the years. I was going to say because yeah. what I saw was definitely a, a, a golf studio. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to say this was day this was day one. Okay, uh, okay, okay. But what it did have was a Quintic system. Yeah. Which uh, for anybody that's experienced Quintic or hasn't experienced Quintic, that's like a launch monitor for putters. Um, so tells you um, a mind-boggling amount of information, and I thought I, I, I'll specialize in putting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I wanted to, to coach putting and I wanted to fit putters. And I was lucky enough to be uh, associated with a putter manufacturer who, who was based in Macclesfield at the time um, called Ra Putters. Um, they've since, the owner of Ra since retired and moved abroad. So Ra don't exist anymore. But yeah, I was custom fitting, custom built putters. Literally everything about it was custom built. So um, using using Quintic in my garage. Um, and so that's why I chose putting. It was, there were very, very few putting coaches in the UK. And there, there were dozens of pros coaching the long game, just in my geographical area, um, all trying to undercut each other on price and a race yeah. to the bottom, uh, giving, away, giving away their time for, for what I thought was, was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, right, if I specialize in something, then I need to know, or try and get to know absolutely everything about not a lot. So that's my definition of a specialist, whether it's a knee specialist or a heart specialist. They know everything there is to know about not much. So I delved into researching putting and I learned so much from uh, the guys at Quintic. Obviously, I went down the, the PGA qualification and and past that, going back to school after 36 years of not being at school was a bit of an eye-opener. Yeah. Um, and doing exams again. But, yeah, came through all that with flying colours and um, have been doing putting ever since. I can't remember the last time I gave a long, uh, a long game lesson until I saw Chenji today. Until today. You, and you I thought, tips. And I thought, he, he couldn't stop. Like, he it was could, like, Chenji, you were so... <laughs> Press that button. Don't, don't, don't swear. <laughs> no, don't swear. No, it wasn't that bad, but it was just so obvious. I yeah. thought you just got to, I've got, this man needs a bit of help. Yeah, sometimes so. it's obvious for me as well to see other people, but I'm, I may, I am the last person to give anybody any tips. Yeah. So I'm like, just do you, it's your problem. It's not my, it's nothing to do with me. Yeah. Uh, but obviously with, in your case, you know way more that I w- what, than what I will ever know. So you kind of, you have the authority of stepping in and say, Chenji, I feel like, you know, you're doing this and this wrong. And it, it worked. It helped It worked, out. absolutely. And after like a 10 minute, like, you know, like a lesson, it, was, it worked out. Quickly, I want to get into what, because I didn't realize that you got into professional golf so late in your career, in your life, shall we say, mm. compared to other pro- pros when they turn pro at like 18, 19, 20. Yeah. And they grew up around pro shops, around golf clubs. That's right. Did you... Did you have that lifestyle growing up? Like, were you playing golf when you were like a junior? Oh, yeah. I started when I was 10. Okay. Um, we lived, uh, my family house was on a golf course. You oh, fell wicked. Out, okay. fell, out, fell out of bed, you are on the first tee. So, no way. Brilliant. So my dad was a, um, 
the chairman of the club and my uh, mum played golf. So, yeah, okay. born into a golfing family. Okay, We perfect. all played golf. I think it was a condition of being born. You had to be a golfer. Well, that's that's <laughs> really cool. And whereabouts was that, the golf course? Uh, that was at Hull, Hull Golf Club. Okay. We, yeah, we lived in a village called Kirkella. Mm. And um, I was a member at Hull for over 30 years. Wow. Wicked. What were you doing before be- becoming a professional of a PGA Okay, so we had a a family business, which was a commercial laundry, uh, an industrial laundry. We did a lot of work for the NHS and for hotels and workwear. And we basically covered um, the M62 corridor up to to Newcastle, down to Sheffield, Lincoln. Wow. Um, And that's where I was explaining to Chenji on the course, um, giving him an abridged version of my life story, that I got the idea of specialising. Because the the business started in 1890, but ceased in two, ceased to trade in 2005, and the reason it ceased was because we were up against specialists who just did. We had three types of customer base: hospitals, hotels, and workwear, and we were we were faced with competition from uh, laundry companies who just did one of those three um, activities. And I was fighting three losing battles. Right. So the writing was on the wall. And we looked at restructuring the business, but that uh, financially was not an attractive proposition. So uh, I looked to to exit and I spent two, three years building the business to to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that business ceased operation in 2005. Uh, I think I was fourth generation. And that's probably the hardest thing hardest business decision I've ever had to take to yeah. stop something uh, or have to stop something that, that had been running in the family for over a century. I can imagine. Yeah, really difficult. It was a, yeah. a heart and a head thing. My mm-hmm. heart said, don't do it. Uh, my head said, you've got to do it. You've, almost you've got no choice. We had no choice. That's right. So the lesson I learned from that was a jack of all trades, a general operator cannot compete with a specialist. Yes, I agree. So the specialist will always win. Was it easy for you to become like, was it an, not an easy decision, but were you always in the back of your head with thinking, okay, if I didn't do this job, I would, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to become a putting coach. <laughs> no, or just a golf coach. Or just a, a golf coach. I think so. So I'd worked in the family business straight from college. Right. Uh, so I, I knew nothing other than that, that job. That was my job. That was my life. Yeah. I knew who I was. I knew yeah. what I was doing every day when I got up in the morning. I knew where I was going to work. I knew roughly what was going to happen. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then that all ended. And uh, that, that was really a very difficult adjustment to make mm-hmm. for, for a guy, what would it be, in my mid-40s. Wow. Yeah. Um, so 43, I think I was. Yeah. Um, needed to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, needed to bring income in. Um, and... So I was locked out of that industry as a condition of the sale. I, I couldn't go back into the, the, that, that particular yeah. sector. So I thought, well, the only thing I know anything about is golf. That's the only... <laughs> How sad's that? <laughs> well, to us, it's, it's, it's very I mean, normal. Uh, I mean, I feel like... 42 I've, I've had about our careers. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So golf had always been my hobby. It had been my passion. Uh, and I had an enthusiasm for the At game. At that point, the, what was your you handicap? Uh, 2005 would be oh 2005 um i don't know low low single figures four i want to say four maybe five so you, you you definitely played a lot of golf while you were doing your normal job shall we say 
Yeah, after the sale of my business, my handicap went down to 0.4. Oh, wow. Um, and, and I finished my amateur days at Ganton Golf Club. And if you're off, uh, oh, was it 0.7? Beg your pardon, 0.7. Yeah. Uh, so I was a one handicap. If, you, if you're a one handicap at Ganton, you can you can probably consider yourself a plus handicap golfer anywhere else. Yeah. Cause, uh, I don't know if you've played it, but it's No, tough. not yet. Yeah. It's a difficult course, so yeah. yeah it's one sense. of the best uh, courses in the country. In fact, I think it's like top 10 courses in the UK. Probably. It's like certainly Yorkshire's England. best course. Absolutely, yeah. And it's held the Walker Cup, the Ryder Cup, the Solheim Cup, the Curtis oh, wow. Cup. Wow, that's right. Yeah, very cool. It's a special bit of ground. So what, what? And then uh, actually, I think it was really, you know, um, Mark was about to mention, is mm. if you pass by, if you've ever played a Ganton Golf Club and you look at the board, right? was it 2007, 2008? 2008, 2009. 2008, 2009. Yeah. yeah. He won every single competition. Well, you, the, all the main ones. No yeah, way. That's, yeah. that's no, obviously not the ladies' competition. Yeah, but still, <laughs> that's very cool. So I did. I had a purple patch. Yeah, I did. I did. And um, wait, what's that purple patch? A purple patch is a is, is a good run. Uh, where, oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. You not heard of a? Purple I've never patch? heard of that, but that's I know that I know that now. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. English yeah. is my third language. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> wow. Okay. Very very cool. What was the transition transition like from? Obviously, you sold your business. Yeah. You were playing golf nonstop because you had time. Yep. And then was it like, okay, I'm going to become a putting coach now? No, I, I so sold the business, um, started to play golf again because I'd not really been able to play golf up very much up until that point because of the uh, the pressures of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then started to play my best golf, which resulted in me playing good golf at, at Ganton, but then got injured. Um, I was out of golf with an elbow injury for, for a year. And I thought, what can I do to improve my game when I when I can't pick up a golf club? So, um, so I had both elbows operated on. Oh wow! It, one one put me out for six months, and six months then for the other one. So I got hold of a, a guy who I'd met twenty five years earlier, who was called Carl Morris, and Carl Morris uh, is a mind coach. Oh wow! And I I had a habitual habit of messing up or not finishing off a good round and I could, couldn't get beyond I, I'd, I'd reached the end of a a, um, a a dead end road in my head I couldn't finish off a good round couldn't understand why so I initially got in touch with Carl and I said I need some help to do this and and then I ended up working alongside him really for about three years helping him he runs talks and gives seminars on how elite sports people um, think and perform um, either on the golf course or the football pitch or the rugby pitch or whatever sport they're playing. So Carl's coached multiple major champions. He's uh, been in the Ryder Cup team room, coaches Walker Cup players. He's a, he, I believe he coached Manchester United under Ferguson. That's in the Ferguson era. So, so the man is... Um, he sits at the top table yep. of, of coaches. When Carl speaks, it's it's worth listening oh, to. Oh, big time. So I was very lucky to to spend time with Carl and in organising events for him, um, learnt an awful lot from him. I attended his courses, passed his courses, um, which are called the Mind Factor course, and they're held every November in Manchester. If people want to look at the Mind Factor, I'd re- for, for every level of golfer, I'd recommend that they look at that because the mental game is is the hardest game on the golf course. Um, it's just as important as the technical game. And yeah. people people oh, just time. people think the golf's just the swing. There's oh, so no. much more to it than no, that. No, no, no. So, yeah. yeah so uh, 
got in touch with Carl, worked with Carl, uh, and then I thought, because I was I was struggling in my, my in my own life to know what to do. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know who I was anymore, um, and that gave me my first uh, first exposure really to coaching people. Because I got hold of a couple of friends who had, let, let's say, they had anger anger issues on on the golf course. Quite often, seen sword fighting bushes with their driver and uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> so got got hold of a couple of them and said, "Listen, let me let, let me share with you what what I've I've learned from working with Carl and and help them." Yeah. And that was my first exposure to coaching and seeing somebody improve. And that was like a drug. It became a very addictive feel. I thought, this is great. I love helping people. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. And then I thought, right, I don't want to be a mind coach, but I love golf. And if I could coach the technical side of the game, knowing what I know about the mental side of the game, I'm going to become a more holistic coach, more complete coach. Um, so I went in, down the PGA route, and um, it was during that journey of... I was attached to this putt-up manufacturing company. So um, w- working with them, it it it, it kind of just flowed on that probably the part of the game that this bit gets uh, affected mostly, mostly, is that the right word? But to a greater extent is on the green. Mm-hmm. People have no fear of standing on a tee with a driver trying to hit a fairway and knock it 250, 300 yards down the fairway. But they get the heebie-jeebies over a three-foot putt. Yep. So applying the mental skills to to golf, I thought I can make I can have the biggest impact on putting. And then looking at how many putting coaches there were in the UK, there was an there was definitely there was definitely room for me. Um there's like a big a big gap gap in the market. It's huge, it? huge. It's amazing. But now that's changed. Yeah. You you Google put it, everybody's a putting expert now. Well, no, but think about it. Putting is half half the round. It's, yeah, it's more than half the round. It's, it's the putts that you're going to use a lot more than your driver. So if you, yeah, obviously it depends on ability. Yeah, um, but if you if you take um, you take a tour player, mm-hmm. I attended a lecture by a guy called Dave Peltz, and Dave Peltz said nobody puts too well. So even a tour player, nobody puts too well, and for a tour player, it's forty three percent of their game. So for mm-hmm. everybody else. It's more than that. Yeah. So if you if you say roughly fifty percent of your game for, for an average golfer, well, if I can make you ten percent better, wow, that's a I can't I, I don't know how you could get ten percent better. So if you're shooting eighty, and I make you ten percent, half of your shots, forty of your shots are putts. Well, I, I've just changed that to seventy six because I'm going to make you ten percent better. Yeah. I, I don't know how you could get hit it ten percent further and get better. Yeah, yeah, you're or ten percent right. closer and get better. Yeah. But but yeah, if I can improve your putting by ten percent, make a big difference. That's doable. I mean quickest my- way to get your it's the lowest hanging fruit in golf. It's the easiest way to reduce your score it- is to get better at putting. It's not about the forgiveness. No, it's, it's definitely about not. No, it's not about the forgiveness. No, it's with by the pud giveness. It's it's um <laughs> me before com- you, you say how um you you said earlier how there's there's a lot more putting coaches out there now than what mm. there was 15 years ago or 20 years ago when you started. Mm. Um you did a very you've done a very good job of staying on top of your game because when I googled um putting coaches in the UK 
you were like the second person that I, that I found. And I asked you like, not, 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 not what's the secret of being on top of the Google search page. Cause there's a lot of people that spend so much money to learn the algorithm and to, to make sure that they're on top of that Google page. You were like, I, I don't know. I just do what I always do. So that just goes to show how good you actually are at what you do that you just puts you on top of the page. And uh, obviously it's a scary thing messaging you or anybody for, for like, look, I know exactly what's, what, what I'm doing wrong. Um, no, no, sorry. I'm, I'm struggling with putting, can you please help me put? And with me, I'd rather go to a, to a specialist, shall we say? I want to go to somebody that specifically uh, teaches me about putting. I don't want to go to like a, I don't know, to my local pro that's just going to look at me and go, oh yeah, you know, just um, aim at, you're putting it or you're pulling it. I wanted to learn something more and that's where I, I ran into you and that's where I've, I've learned about Aimpoint. So I want to get into Aimpoint a little bit and what, what part of your coaching career did you discover Aimpoint and, uh, you know, how has, how has Aimpoint affected your career up until now? Aimpoint. So I, when I had my studio, I would coach people on technique to improve start line. I'd fit putters. Having access to the green here at Forest Pines, that we can we can bring it bring coaching to the green in the summer months, and we can work on distance control. And then people would ask me for advice on how to read greens, mm-hmm. and I'd quake inside because my ability to read greens with my eyes was, well, if I was a plus handicap golfer on the long game, I was a mid-handicap to high-handicap golfer with my green reading skills. Okay. So so I was not the person to ask. Putting coach that's not very good at green reading, it just didn't really hang together. There's a, there's a missing piece of the jigsaw. And the only method I'd ever heard of where <clears throat> you could teach somebody to read greens was Aimpoint. So I I emailed Aimpoint and I emailed Aimpoint and I kept emailing Aimpoint and um, a wall of silence. Uh, and eventually I got I got a, re- a reaction. And um, over the course of between three and four years from applying to eventually meeting Mark Sweeney, who created Aimpoint, um, I, I was trying to become an Aimpoint certified coach, but they, they have a very um, select... Sort of criteria? Criteria, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good word, thank you. Um, and they are very particular about who wears this badge. Yeah. And they were sussing me out. They yep. were, they were um, doing their housekeeping and their checks. As they should. To, to establish, does Mark Bentley... Does he fit the Aimpoint criteria? Yeah. Um, does he know what he's talking about? And eventually I met Mark in um, at the PGA show in Orlando and uh, he said, I've been watching you and um, yeah, let's let, let's get you certified. That's incredible. It's a very exclusive club. It really is. We were talking about this earlier when we were having lunch. Um, how, how many Aimpoint coaches are there in the UK? 13? I think there are 13 in England. Yeah. So I don't know, there might be a couple in Scotland. So... And yeah. it, it's a very exclu- exclusive, it's not, I wouldn't call it a club, but it's, there's 13 coaches. Yeah. And like you said, it's one out, one in, because like there's enough coaches to go around for everybody. 
We want all our coaches to be busy, um, you know, we, and we want it taught properly. So um, the 13 that we have, we trust these people. And also there's like a level one and level two coaches, we, which we can get into in a minute. Mm -hmm. But it's, you don't need, I think you would agree, you don't need any more than 13 coaches to kind of cover. I think it's quality, not quantity. I completely agree with you. That they look at. Yeah. Um, and to, yeah, it, it's, um, it's not a club. Yeah. But it is a club in a way because to, to, to remain a member of the club, you have got to maintain your training mm -hmm. with, uh, with Mark. Um, in the in the UK, there's Jamie Donaldson who's based at Woburn. He's the he's the head aimpoint instructor in uh, in this country. Okay, and so uh, he holds training uh, sessions for us as well. Um, but yeah, if if you don't keep up your training, you can't keep your badge. How often does does a training How often does a training change over the year? So. COVID's thrown training out the window because okay. usually, usually Mark would come over and mm -hmm. obviously COVID's um, put the put the kibosh on that yeah. for a couple of years. Uh, they've just had a European, um, there's usually a European training conference in the spring and then another one in the autumn. Uh, the spring one this year was in Denmark and the autumn one is usually in Spain. Um, Jamie is hoping to put on some, some training for us at Woburn in the summer. But uh, it's it's to make sure that we are doing our job correctly and to also update us on any research developments that Mark and the people that he works with behind the scenes have, um, have created or come up and become aware of uh, that changes the read. And, and the read's changed slightly over the years, but not massively. One of the big changes was when the... When the, the, the rules of golf changed. And before, um, when was that? Was that four years ago? Three, four years ago? Um, 2019. Before, 2019. Um, thanks, Chenji. You are the stat man. He genuinely is. He is the stat man. He knows too much. <laughs> Google. Yeah. Who needs Google yeah. when you've got Chenji? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 2019, rule 16.4 disappeared. Rule 16.4 said you could not stand on your line or any part or extension of it. And so we used to teach people to stand low of, of where they uh -huh. expected the ball to go. So right. they would not be standing on uh -huh. their line. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. Well, we, we weren't playing golf back then. No, well, I wasn't. True. Exactly. So those old rules, I would, I would never. You would not be, no. Oh, wow. So you could play golf with somebody that learned it in 2018, let's say, and they'll be standing on the low side because wow. that's how they were taught because you couldn't stand on your line or on the high side because you could be stood over your line. Rule 16.4, two-shot penalty. So on the PGA Tour, like on the European Tour, right, people, you know, obviously now you see like people like, you know, for example, Max Standing Homer, yeah, right? Yeah. They're all like, you know, do the aim point thing, right? But if this was like pre-2019, they would actually be standing on the lower side of the... Yeah, to stay away from their line. Well, I did not know that. That's very that's, interesting. That's really yeah. interesting. So, and then so, the rules changed. Yeah. And now we tell, tell people, so 16.4 is gone. It's yeah, not, so you're good. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, we tell people to straddle the line. Yeah, which is, yeah. And I think it's, you get way more accurate reading, no? The closer you are to um, straddling the line that the ball is you is going to take, the more accurate oh, the read. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, if, if your etiquette is a big, is a, is a very important um part of golf and having respect for your players, yeah. uh, fellow players. So if you're the only time that you would go low 
is if somebody else's ball was in the vicinity of where you wanted to stand or was, uh, you, st- you don't want to be standing on somebody else's line. Mm-hmm. So you would stand low of that to keep right. off their line. But mm. yeah, other than that. Well, I'm going to take a step back again. Okay. Right? okay. Mark, explain to us what aim point is. That was my question. Is. Yeah. So for anybody <laughs> that doesn't know what aim point is, explain in the, I don't want details because I know what it is. <laughs> but to the layman, that's just, just like, I wonder what aim point is. Just explain in the best way that you can what aim point is and why people need it. Okay, so in 2023, aim point is a simple way of identifying the break that a putt will take by using the feel of the slope beneath your feet and converting that slope that you're stood on to a number, which then equates to how many fingers you put up. Um, We talk in percentage terms. So if you're stood on the slope and you think, right, so I think that's a three, you'll see people put three fingers up. Yeah. Um, So I believe you you can feel a slope far more accurately than you can see a slope. I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, obviously in our, during our, well, recording today, our lesson, yeah. right? Um, that was the word that had made the most impact to yeah. me, right? Um, when Mark said, you know, don't even try to, you know, look at yeah. the slope. I f- feel... Yeah, after, after getting slope. lessons, after getting lessons with Mark, um, I've gotten to the point where, if it depends who I'm playing, because I... Aim point can take a, a minute. Not a minute. Not, not like a gen, like a, um, a specific minute, but it... it one, uh, the first time that you're trying to do aim point when Mark is not there or when your coach is not there, you're, you kind of second guess yourself and you're standing over it and you're checking and you're rechecking and you're turning around and you're doing all the bits that, that you learn. And it can take a, a while until you fully get used to it up to the point where you, you know exactly where to go. You stand and then you're like, okay, that's a whatever, two, three, whatever. And then you kind of go back and, and take the shot. Um, so I would do, I would do this with, um, with people that I know, like Chenji and Stell, where I would I would take my time and then I would get to the point where I wouldn't even read the putt, like you said, with my eyes. Mm. I wouldn't even go behind the ball. I would literally take two steps, three steps, mm. read read my, just feel what it was and then go, okay, that's a two. And then just go over the ball. Job done. Job done. And it was, it was amazing because I would almost, I've, done, I've told you this as well, where I would go behind the ball first and I would say, oh, that's right to left all day. And then I would do my aim point and then I think, no, that's actually left to right. And I would second guess myself. Yeah. So what I, I took out the one step that that's not so accurate. Me seeing the putt, seeing the the, the the line of the green, and me just feeling it, and it's it's been it's right every time. Like it's 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 so it sounds complicated. Oh, it's, but, but it's not. It may. I've told this to Chenji. Like I was worried when I came. Is it was it a two hour lesson that we had? Yeah. I was worried that first I wouldn't learn anything. Second, if I did learn anything, it would go over my head because it was just too much information. Mm. And I was I was worried that not I wasn't going to get my money's worth, but I just wasn't going to learn anything. I was wasting my time. Dude, I left that two-hour lesson and I was like, I've, everything's changed after that. You couldn't stop talking about it for like weeks. I still, I still can't stop talking about it. I've got goosebumps talking about it now. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's, it's genuinely... Yeah, he's, he's not joking. It's, <laughs> it's genuinely mind-blowing how easy it is to learn this and uh, and how much it actually helps you. So if anybody's out there that's listening or watching, um, that's struggling with putting, even if you're good and you feel like you can get better and you feel like there's something going wrong, aim point 
will genuinely like help you so much. It's it's unbelievable. And it's again, you know, actually, I thought it was very intimidating. Right. Because I, I didn't understand it. Yes. Like, because, I mean, you see on TV, again, using yeah, the example yeah, yeah, yeah. of Max Homer, yeah. Colin Morikama, I think he does it as well. There, there's a bunch of people. Anyway, a bunch of people who do yeah. it, right? Yeah. You just see they look with the fancy fingers yeah, 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 and doing yeah, yeah. this, right? And, like, you know, you see what they do in terms of, like, you know, stepping along, you know, feeling the slope. Yeah. And I've always thought, that's so difficult. I can't do this. Yeah. But literally, I came in today. Yeah. Right? And Mark just kind of showed me how to do this. Yeah. Just you, but you, you still know nothing compared to what, what you're, what of you're course, supposed not, to know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I feel like it just clicked. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, I could feel what I was going to do. So it's yeah, yeah, hard yeah. to explain. You've had, a ta- you've had a taste. You've had the aperitif. I have the not, aperitif. It, it, it's, not, it's, not even... It's like a little drop on the top. We have the aperitif. We're not even onto the aperitif yet. All right? Yeah, we had a sip of... Yeah. We're on the... So many metaphors. So many metaphors. Exactly. But Let's keep this going. Exactly. No, but again, it's hard to explain in words what aim point is. But once the moment... It's not. It's not. Aimpoint is a method of reading greens using your senses to feel slope. If you can stand up and walk around the planet, you can feel slope. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that you haven't done historically is bring your attention to what slope you're stood on when you're walking around the planet, around the world, in your day-to-day life. You never think, oh, I'm on a 1% slope or a 4% slope here. So that's the only thing that you have to, it's the only skill that people uh, have to learn um, uh, and develop. And that is a feel thing. And that's something that needs to be practiced. Like all feel things, the game of golf is a lot about feel. Absolutely. So you need to practice uh, keeping in tune with what slope you're on so that you can then apply that that feeling and that knowledge to to the putt when you're on the on the on the green when you're playing at the weekend or whenever you play, um, the aim point skill the the the, the method of le- what you're taught can be taught to eight year olds, uh, eight and ten year olds learn aim point and then they've got it for life. Um, so it's aim point express was designed for kids. Um, it is so simple it's ridiculous mm-hmm. how easy it is. It's like we've had this conversation a few times today. It's why did I not think of that? It's so easy. It's like all the best ideas are simple, are simple yeah. ideas, and this works. Um, but I, I think it's interesting for people to know where Endpoint has come from because in 2023, you're taught Endpoint Express and the clues in the name Express. Endpoint does not take very long to read a put at all. Mm-hmm. Done correctly, you'll be done within 30 seconds, and that's on a 60 footer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're inside six feet, you'll be done in about two seconds. So if people are taking longer than 30 seconds to read a putt using Aimpoint, they are not doing it correctly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think people watch what guys do on telly, obviously, naturally, or then they might be talking to a pal who's learned Aimpoint or who's spoken to another guy who's... Um, and it goes down the chain and then they end up doing something which is nothing like endpoint at all. And they end up doing it wrong yeah. and they end up taking too much time and blah, blah, blah. So if you're going to learn endpoint, whether it's from me or whether it's from one of the other certified instructors in, in the country, um, make sure you learn it from a certified instructor. Don't just go to your pro who's might've attended a course because he, he'll know what he learned on the day, but there's an awful lot more to it oh, big time. Than, than that. 
Uh, but endpoint is quick. It's quick and easy to do. But I always say to people, I probably said this to you when, when I taught you, I'm going to put you on two curves today. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a learning curve, which will be short, um, e- easily digestible. You'll learn, you'll, 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 I'm going to teach you what you need to do and you'll get that. Everybody gets it. I've done hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of people um, on the green here at Forest Pines and nobody's not got it, right? So everybody gets it. And then I'm, I'm going to put you on a belief or a trust curve. And that is the harder of the two, or the long, not the harder, the longer of the two curves. Because you get the technique in the lesson. You'll have everything, you have everything you need to then put it in play after, when that lesson finishes after two hours. You get the notes sent to you. You get everything that yeah, you, yeah. you've got everything you need. You don't need any training aids. That's it. And there's no subscription. There's no follow-ups. You don't, you don't need anything else. You get everything you need. But then you've got to go and apply it. And you will face putts and you'll think, right, my eyes are telling me it's X. Um, Aimpoint is telling me it's Y. I can't believe I've got to give this putt yeah. that much break. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's the curve you've got to get over. Yeah. And the more putts you miss low, the mm-hmm. sooner you'll get over that, yeah. that curve. And, and I, I've, I've, I've had a first-hand po- experience on that today, yeah. didn't and I? A, and Aimpoint is always the correct line. It'll like, be right more time, more times oh, than time. it's wrong. Because yeah. it's, it's like we, a we, we learned, you know, from two episodes ago from mm. Dane, right? That you know the, the the sort of course management. It's just a probabilities game. It's the same thing applies on the putting green. Yeah, right. You know, if you use aim point, you're just increasing your probability of being right big time. Mm. Just right? forget Isn't about it? reading. There's some people out there trust the signs. There's some people that are just are genuinely very good at reading greens with their eyes, and that's fair play to you if you can do that. But if you're a normal person in the world then you're going to struggle a little bit. Like there's times where, I don't know, you might read it completely wrong. Like how bad was I at reading greens? I was... You were not reading greens. Uh, thank you. I was, <laughs> I, I told you this when I first met you. I was looking at greens thinking, oh, this is two yards to the left and it would be two yards to the right. And I, that's how far off I was. Yeah, yeah. Like I was averaging three putts. Like, I wasn't, it wasn't three putts and I wanted to get down to two. My three, like I was averaging three putts. Uh, I probably had more shots lost on the green than anywhere else on the course that's what i mean it's the lowest hanging fruit yeah. it's the easiest yeah. it's the easiest way to improve your score yeah and, really that, and now you're a 15 handicap and i think oh. you know a lot of that has to do with you you know you Big improving time. your because yeah you hit yeah. you hit like some really long drives yeah yeah and your iron play is pretty decent as yeah. well especially paired with those ping irons yeah that you absolutely love i love i love ping and now you know having worked with mark multiple times yeah. now you know i think you know there's only one way from here genuinely is and I'm, I'm i'm glad i'm glad me and you kept in touch we we, we oh, how can you not keep in touch with you we, you're infectious mate we we genuinely like uh we kicked it off like straight away we became like friends right yeah. it's a bit like me and you mate it's mad no i mean golf i mean as we said many times you know like you know off on on the record off the record like you know the golf just brings people together it does but i've, I've had coaches before just normal coaches where not only not it's not they want my money kind of thing it's they're here to teach me something and then I'm going to, I'm going to see them maybe in a month's time when I come back for a lesson. But with you, it was so different because we, we, we hit it off straight away and you realized the love of golf and you, you saw my mind bl- get blown and you, and you, the more you saw that, the more you wanted to feed into it. Yeah. And uh, it, it was great. I was, I was, it was mind blowing. You should definitely get an input. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it's the most rewarding lesson to give. Yes. Because the change that people see that they're making straight in front of away. Their own, 
it's and it's like I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with I and odd, odd like driving lessons, they help, but they're going to help in four or five weeks down down the line when you get used to that that change. But with aim point and with yourself, with putting especially, you see the change straight away. So you'll have had lessons, and the guy will say, "Well, change your grip or yeah. do this." And you've almost got to get worse before you get better to accommodate yeah. that change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With aim point, there's there's none of that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You get it, and you'll get better straight away. Yeah. Um, it it can't hurt you. We're not talking about your putting technique. I, there's there's no talk of grip, stance, aim, posture, stroke, mechanics, nothing. It's just purely reading greens. And your putting will get better uh, organically just because you're reading the green properly. Yeah. So you're ruling out one of the reasons that you can miss putts, which is usually a misread. Yeah. Um, all, the only thing I need to fix now is is my pace. My, my green reading is great. I'm yeah. not going to... My pace, as you saw today, was always short. It's never long. So I just need to hit it a little bit, be a little bit more confident and just hit it a little bit, a little, a little bit harder. You know what's so great about Mark? Mm. And we had a, you know, a long conversation about this. He doesn't feel like he's working as a coach. I'm, I'm, mate, I mean, how, how I'm living you, my dream. I bet li- you are. Like, because it's so satisfying to him to actually make people better. And I think that's exactly the differentiator. That like, you know, it's teaching something that you genuinely believe in. <laughs> it, well, you know it works. You know it works. So it's, it's so satisfying for you to teach people like us because we're, you, we're, we're benefiting so much. You, you go home happy every day. Yeah. I have good pupils. You yeah. See. That's yeah. it. Well, <laughs> yes. Uh, um, you, what, what are some of the, like, do you get like stubborn players where they just don't listen or don't care? Yeah. I think you, in, in all walks of life, you get people who are open to change and then others that have a very closed mindset. Um, in this country, we are very reserved and we don't like change really. Yeah. We want everything to stay the same. So there, yeah, there, there are people who are close to it. And I, I, I think um, that's a shame because they're yeah. missing out. Big time. Um, it's It's got more acceptance. Uh, it's developed more acceptance amongst the golfing masses, if you like, uh, over the last few years as, as Sky with their broadcasting of golf has started to... Uh, Talk about aim point more in a positive in positive terms rather than negative terms. Some of the older coaches, um, let's say, I, I don't want to be disrespect disrespectful, but from maybe previous generation of coaching, have looked at aim point and because it's new, they've not accepted it. They talk about Nicholas never using it, Sevy never using it. Well, it it wasn't they couldn't because it didn't exist then. Yeah. Um, so. You've only got to look at who's using it now to to realize. Well, these are the best players on the planet. They they know what works and what doesn't work. And forty percent plus of all PGA Tour players, all their caddies, are using Aimpoint every week. Yep. And another stat I heard the other day was over the over all four tours over the last eighteen months, Aimpoints accounted for fifty percent of the wins. So. Brilliant. You know, you look at Hovland and Scheffler and Cam Smith and mm. Justin Thomas has just gone over yeah. it. Justin Johnson, Lydia Co, world number one. She's used endpoint since she turned pro. It, 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 it's a tried and tested proved method because it, it, it goes back to 110,000 lines of code in a computer program that Mark Sweeney developed. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you're not second guessing yourself. You know it works. You, you know the method. Yeah, trust the science. You I trust mean, it's, the, like, trust, it's like trust, trust the recipe, yeah. right? If you put the same recipe 
right? To rise the bread, yeah, the yeah, bread yeah. will rise. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How important? Sorry, please. Yeah, I was going to say it's so, so, so on the golf course. You'll 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 get a number for your your shot, and you've got 150 yards, and you you choose your club on the green. You now measure your uh, your top where to measure. So you you measure you you get your read. You put your fingers up. You've got your endpoint. So it's it's a uh, it's just it. It's it's a method to identify an endpoint in the same way that you click your bushnell to identify a yardage and select a club. That's very well put. How important are putters in 2023 when it comes to obviously putting and endpoint and all that kind of stuff? Does it matter? Putters, yes. Because we all know, like you know, what the club manufacturers, right? They promote the drivers. They promote all these different irons, new technologies, speed foam, right? You know, twist face. Yeah. Right, but forgiveness, forgiveness, yeah, all that stuff. Like, but. yeah, I know. Don't get me started on a telemade. <laughs> I've got yeah. a telemade driver. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so like, the I just thought I'd have that. Yeah, same. But it's putters, a bit too much. But putters, you don't see them being promoted. Uh, you definitely mm. don't see them like where, when you're watching, let's say, Sky Sports Golf and an advert comes on, it's always the driver or the, or the newest irons. It's never the putter. How important, because with me, I've gone through putters more, you know, I don't want to get into it. You, you collect them. I pretty much collect putters at this point. Um, how important is the right putter using aim point? Well, you're trying to knock a square peg into a round hole mm-hmm. if you've got the wrong putter. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there are, I, we could do a whole podcast on, on that one question. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know where to start to begin to tell you how important having the right putter is. It is, it is so important. We've all done it. We've all been into... American golf or the golf, your local pro shop or whatever, and picked up a putter and thought, oh, I quite like the look of that, or so-and-so uses that, and he's a good putter. Um, then you roll it to the the chair leg in the pro shop, or you might say, oh, I'll take a few balls and go on the putting green, and, and you knock them all in. And, go on, then I'll buy it. And as soon as you've paid for it, the magic wears off, and, yeah. and you're back to square one again. So, yeah, getting a proper fit for a putter is... Um, is up there with your driver. Why would you get fit for your driver that you use 12, 13 times around yep. max and you would not get fit for your putter that yeah. you're using 30-something plus 40-something times around? It's 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 a great analogy. And, uh, yeah, I was I went and got fitted for new wedges on Monday and uh, I was waiting in the queue to kind of pay for the wedges or whatever. And, and the guy in front of me was literally holding a putter and he goes, yeah, it was, it was an Odyssey putter or whatever it was. And he goes, yeah, I had a couple of putts. Great. It feels great. I'm going to buy this. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you're going to use that putter, like you said, so many more times than a driver. And why wouldn't you want to spend that little bit extra money and that little bit of extra time, go out and get fitted? Like when I came to your studio, it was like a playground because mm-hmm. you had so much gear and so much tech. And not only for me, I find it interesting anyway to kind of learn about all the different, and I couldn't believe how much um, benefits and, and how, you know, just how much you can learn just from that a putting stroke. Mm. A lot of people just saying, yeah, just go behind the ball, you you know, square it up or, and just hit it. But it's so much that goes into it. And this is why there's different putters out there. Blades, I don't know, uh, the spider putters or whatever, you know, the, mall- the mall- is it mallets? Mallet, yeah. yeah. Hybrid. Yeah. For as yeah. many putters that there are out there, there are, there, there are more myths and, and, and BS mm-hmm. on what putter you should use. There's a, there's, honestly, it, it breaks my heart that the club manufacturers out there, they've got, they've got to sell putters. Yeah. So they have to hang a story 
around a certain right. type of putter. If you've got this stroke, you need this. If you've got that stroke, you need that. Right. And it is so far off the mark. It's um, it it's it's not right um, to think that everybody, if you are a certain, you think you're a certain stroke, you can't pigeonhole people into into categories like that and say you need this and you need that. Uh, you need to get a proper fitting. Yeah. You, need, you need to know what alignment works for you. You need your length, your lie. If somebody's got a quintic, they'll be able to uh, dial in the loft for you as well because every putter has got loft mm-hmm. and you want the ball launching between one and two degrees and proper roll on it. I use Capto on the green here. Now, I don't do putter fittings anymore, but mm-hmm. I'm happy to point people to uh, in the right direction. Putter fittings are uh, usually done indoors in a neutral environment where you're not open to the elements and you can accurately measure what's what's going on. I took the decision on the back of bad health last year to, to close my studio and just focus on coaching on, on the green here and then in the winter try and go to some sunnier climbs and do some overseas coaching holidays to Cyprus. We're going to start with Cyprus in November. Oh, tell us more. Uh, yeah. So Aphrodite Hills, um, the, I want to say the fourth, no, 3rd of November. Um, Dane, who you met um, today, and myself are running a, a five-night, four-round trip to Aphrodite Hills, all-inclusive, three rounds at Aphrodite, one round at Secret Valley. Yeah. Um, so some quality golf courses, some absolute top-class practice facilities. Yeah. Uh, I'm familiar with Aphrodite, not as familiar as you are, of course. <laughs> yeah. but, Especially around the roughs. <laughs> yeah. Roughs, cliffs, you know. <laughs> We've seen it all. We've yeah. seen in, every in the, inch. In the valley. <laughs> so you'll be doing me across map. Yeah. 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 yeah Don't much. go here, yeah, here, yeah, 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 yeah. here, or here. Yeah. So yes, um, Aphrodite, uh, and I'm going to be talking to people about putting. Yeah. So there's coaching every day. Um, Dane's going to be focusing on short games. So yeah. it's like 100 yards and in. Perfect. And between the two of us, I think we'll, yeah. we'll we'll bring an army of hopefully an army of happier, better golfers back with us. I would. So if you'd like to know more, please get in touch. Yeah, get in touch. The, um, all of the links for for Mark are, are down below. Please go 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 check him out on Instagram, and I'll put his uh, website down there as well. I'm, I won't put your phone number just in case you might just get some, you might get some weird phone calls in the middle <laughs> of the night. Um, but like, uh, like that, like he has from you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> text, uh, <laughs> random text. Yeah. It's funny you were reading the text back. I was. It made me laugh. Yeah, twenty <laughs> something of September. I, I'm, I'm trying to get. I'm you, trying to book a lesson with you, but I can't seem to get an email to go through your website. And could you let me know how I can book? And uh, so I said, right. Here's here's my email address. Just just email me here. Uh, let me know when you'd like to come, and I'll check my availability. And <laughs> but I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I literally came the, the, yeah, next, day. Came the next day. Very keen. I need help. I need help. That, that was my text. I need help. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. A few yeah. months, six months. What? Six months later. Yeah. Going back to Aphrodite Hills, um, I may join you. We'll see. Oh, it'd be good if you could. I uh, yeah, because obviously for me, I'm going back home because that's where I'm from. But I would love, um, I would love to have that experience with you guys as well. Mm. It'd be good for 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 me for everybody because that's going. It'd be, be interesting play a lot of golf with you just any excuse to go out and play golf with you and and, and dane maybe you and can join absolutely and november i think it's most, it's one of the most popular times being in cyprus yeah, right? very pleasant well we've been we i tell you we've been so lucky getting tea times yep. there 
because there was meant to be a Champions Tour or yeah. a Le- Legends Tour event yeah. at Wait, Aphrodite that week. I'm pretty week. sure the Cyprus Open usually happens in November. It, it is, but um, it got cancelled and, and they got all the tea times. And so all we've the got their tea times. That's amazing, so right? Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. prime yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So it's going to be it's gonna So be we've good. been really lucky and, uh, and we're working hard to try and fill it. So, uh, yeah. So if people want to know more, please get in touch. Wicked. Is there any questions that you were hoping that we would ask? Personal, we personal that, that, question. No, not personal. Like, <laughs> but actually, I've got a personal question. Oh my okay. God. Oh my God. Here we go. Get From ready. you. Not, not, well, no. Well, not really personal question. Actually, funny question. Would you use aim point in mini golf? Crazy golf. Would I use? Can you use aim point in <laughs> crazy a golf? Question. Wow. Would I use it? Um... <laughs> that was such a silly question. I know. <laughs> right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What? So, if I'm playing mini golf, that probably would be with. Uh, I was going to say with children. Or with your wife, like Theo has. Ah, you've yes, that's right. Um, well, you wouldn't want to beat your wife, so well. No, would you? I did. Would you want yeah. to be? Yeah, I. I always I, think happy wife, happy life. No, mate, no, no. not with me. It's oh. it's, it's all well, about competing. Because right. if if I'm playing, like, let's say you went out with your wife and you played mini golf, and she beat you, she would she would make sure that you never forget about that. Yeah, my son beat me once, and he. Um, he doesn't really play golf. There you go. So, so yeah, he that can't me. feel nice, can it? No, it's exactly. It's so, across the bear. So why? Why would, would I use? Would I use endpoint? No, because no, 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 no. It's just can a bit of fun. Use, no, I don't think you can. If you can feel a slope, but there are probably that many slopes on mini golf. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, and you don't know what's happening in the windmill, do you? And as it goes through there, so uh, no, I would just keep mini golf as fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't have fun. Since then, I haven't played. And she's been asking me to go back. And I'm yeah, like, Yeah, of course. No, I'm not going. She wants to rub your nose in it. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't she, believe I, how mad you were. Like, no, in that I episode, can. We, were, can. we were recording an episode, and he just mentioned, You're never going to believe what's happened to me. I'm yeah. just like, Oh my gosh. It was, it was, it was embarrassing. Because obviously, you know, golf is, is a big part of my life, and losing to golf to my wife that doesn't play golf, you know, it's not, it's not the nicest things, but it is what it is. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, she was definitely Always. happy. Yeah, is there any questions that you thought that we would ask that we didn't? So uh, I know where Aimpoint came from okay, uh, and why it is. You've, like I say, in 2023, you just learn a really simplified version of quite a complex system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for people to understand, so people see players waving their hands, putting fingers up and wondering what, what it all is. It's some kind of hocus pocus. It's not. It, it goes back to this system that Sweeney, Mark Sweeney created where he he laser scanned uh, greens, got 3D scans of greens, and um, he comes from a, a a software development and uh, software programming and development and business uh, and finance background. So he uh, couldn't understand why putts. He thought he was a good putter, and he couldn't. He just could not understand why he's. His, his eyes were letting him down on the greens. So he set to, he's the kind of man that will not give up on a, on, on a challenge until he's, he's cracked the code. So he, he set to, to, to find out what he could about putting. He researched the world for information on putting and, and nobody could give him a method by, by which to put. So he thought, right, well, I'm going to create that method. Um, and he ended up with scans of the greens and, and if he knows the slope of the green... So this is how the computer system would work, which was used by the Golf Channel for about eight years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if he knew the slope of the green and all he needed to know was where the ball was, where the hole was, and the speed the green is running at, 
And you could go click, click, and within two seconds, you get the line on the screen. It had to be within two seconds because that's what the Golf Channel stipulated. Um, and it was accurate. So it's accurate to um, the, the computer system was accurate, I think, to like a oh, such, such small tolerances. It's not worth talking about. Yeah, yeah. I thought, how can I get that into players' hands? So he developed charts, which were highly accurate. Um, they cross-checked the data of the charts to the computer system, and 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 and, and it works. And the the charts, I think, this is my my own version of events, so this might not be true, but I think the charts maybe at times slowed people's game because they were having to do a, a bit of a calculation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that slowed the game down. And the game is already slow enough. Yeah. So when people hear aim points, some people think, oh, it's, it take, it's, it's too slow. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I, I don't know. It's certainly not slow now, Aimpoint yeah. Express. But the charts would give you a, um, uh, a distance. So it would give you a number in terms of inches as to how far left or how far right of the hole to aim. And it was highly accurate. So let's say you've got 38 inches left of the hole. Well, that's very difficult from 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, 50. What, what does 38 inches look like? Um, how do you know what 38 inches is? We all know what, 30, but to visualize it, that's very difficult. So it turned a lot of people off aim point, I think, that, that, that maybe appreciated it works, but no, that's not how I can work. I, I, I can't see 38 inches or 20, 12 inches or yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 inches, whatever it is. So um, the charts were accurate, but didn't suit everybody. It wasn't what Mark calls athletic enough. It was a bit too scientific. So um, Brian Gay was using Aimpoint. And Brian Gay still plays on PGA Tour. And he, uh, Mark Sweeney went to Brian and he said, Look, we're trying to develop a, a more user-friendly, quicker, athletic way of of converting the charts into into play, and we're using thumbs at the moment. So uh, he went to Kapalua um, in Hawaii, first tournament of the year, and he read every putt with his thumbs or thumb. He, he he broke the course record and he won the tournament in the process. Um. From then, so he knew he was onto something. Um, and I can imagine the conversation was something like, right, well, the, the thumbs are good. It's not quite as good as the charts, but it's, it's good. But it's, it's, not, it's, it's good, but it could be better in this and this. Yeah, yeah. And they were just playing around with fingers and thumbs, and everybody needs a bit of luck every now and again. And they started to, to use fingers to, um, uh, to match percentages. So if you're on a 3% slope, you would put three fingers up. 1% is one finger. So, and it's uncannily accurate. And the, uh, the, the, I suppose that's the, that was the eureka moment that we've, we've got something here that works. So you can check, you can, you can check reference Endpoint Express back to the chart, back to this incredibly complex computer system that Mark created originally and it all blends together as one. So, so you can be in no doubt that when you're when you're putting your fingers up to get a read, 
Um, you're not guessing. That's that's a scientific read. Yeah. Um, I think you're guessing when you use your eyes. Big time. It's I can't, super interesting. Nobody, yeah. nobody can tell me, and I, I couldn't say to, to you or, or the audience that, that are watching and listening to this, how I read greens before I used Aimpoint. I don't know what I was, I know what I was looking at. I was looking at the grass. Eyeballing the green. It, That's what you call it. Eyeballing What am I trying to, yeah. But which bit? What am I trying to do? What am I basing my decision on where to aim on? I've got no answer to that. I've yeah. Yet, and nobody can give me an answer. Not a detail. If you drill down and keep asking that question. Yeah. They they run out of, uh, they can't tell you. Do, do you most of your lessons that you do at the moment, are they mainly aim point or is it just normal putting as well? Oh, it's a mixture. Yeah. So, so aim point's a big part of what I do, yeah. but I, I'm primarily a putting coach and aim point reading greens is just part of being a putting coach. Okay. So yeah, I've, I've, I'm giving lessons on uh, start line. I've got everything from a, a, a 10 year old little girl up to, up to seniors. So, yeah. um, so yeah, there's, uh, I've got a mixed bag of, of, of players in there from uh, raw beginners to but fewer of those because they are conditioned to try and hit it far on the driving range because yeah. that's what the marketing boys have got into their head with forgiveness, haven't they? So yeah. Um, so it tends to be better players or more players who are already established in the game, who, who are realizing that they can, they can lower their scores by improving their putting. Um, so yeah, I give putting lessons. Usually Fridays I'm giving a clinic either here or somewhere else. I've got clinics. I've got one at Fulford golf club in York, uh, this Friday that's full. Um, I've got one in Mottram hall at Mottram hall in Cheshire, on the Wednesday just before the Open. Yeah. So if anybody's over in Cheshire looking to learn Aimpoint, uh, maybe check that one out. But if you go to aimpointgolf.com and scroll across to the UK, you'll be able to find clinics and, and other instructors who are doing exactly the same as I. Out of 13 people in the UK, I'm sure you'll find Mark. Oh, very, yeah, very big time. Soon. <laughs> how, how easy is it for you to... I've asked you this question before, but I want it for the podcast... For you to call different clubs and say, hey, guys, uh, my name is Mark Bentley. I'm, I'm an eight point, level two, aim point coach. I would love to come down to your club and do, and do a clinic. How easy do you find that? And is it something that you want to do? Um, so as a, if you go on that website, aimpointgolf.com, and you'll see that there are different, you, you can go to find an instructor and you will see different instructors have got different numbers. So okay. yeah, um, I, you're, where I am, I'm under, I've got number two. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, <laughs> uh, as opposed to a number one. <laughs> so number one means you're a level one uh, endpoint instructor. You 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 either have not got that much experience with endpoint, or you are quite happy just coaching it at your uh, your club where you're based. So a level one coach is is only licensed to do uh, to teach endpoint at. The, their appointed club mm-hmm. a level two means that you're more established um and or you want to well you have to be more established and experienced to become a level two coach and then you can coach it at, at, at other clubs so this year i have tried for the first time to put a series of clinics on really across yorkshire mm-hmm. and across the m62 corridor um there's only so many days in in my life that I can do this and there's only so many hours in my day. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've chosen Friday afternoons and uh, it's surprising. It's I, I've, I've approached some clubs that have said, no, we're not, we don't want to do that. 
okay. um, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and I've got others that have said yes, and I've had no takers. And oh, then wow. I've had others that have said yes, and it's full. And it all depends on who is stood on the other side of the counter at that golf club, saying to their members, hey, Theo, you hey, Genji, your putting sucks. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you could... You could really make a difference to your game. Get booked onto this. So, if anybody, if any pros out there are are keen to to host an Aimpoint clinic, I'm keen to talk to you big time because I feel like it's like you said, a lot of um, uh, pros at these clubs that you may call might not agree with Aimpoint, or, or not only they don't agree with it, like oh yeah, we've they've se- they've seen it around, but they don't actually know what it is. Correct. Yeah, and, and they might not try and sell it as much as they should try and sell it if that because they any don't sense. know what they're selling. Because they don't know what they're selling. Yeah. So it's almost like if they knew how good it was, which I'm sure a lot of people do, then there's no reason why you wouldn't want to host this at your club. I will tell you who's helped explain it in 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 in. Uh, in a way that they never used to before. Going back to Sky, yeah, Nick Doherty, yeah, he loves Aimpoint, yeah, yeah, and he's now part of Live. What? Nick Doherty? Is he? I think so. I don't know. No, no, he's Sky's like lead man. Yeah, yeah. You might be thinking of a different Nick, different, different Doherty. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> different guy. I think so. So Nick is uh, a, a big fan of Aimpoint. Took it upon himself to go and learn what it is he's commentating on. So um, he, he saw an increasing number of players using it and thought, well, what what is this? Mm-hmm. So I went and learned it. Couldn't believe how easy it was, yeah. how quick it was. Um, he's taught it to his son <laughs> who's playing golf and he does these tea time tips. Um, so Nick Doherty on, on Instagram does these tea time tips and somebody asked a question about what is Aimpoint? What do you, and he could not speak highly enough of yeah. it. Um, and he can only do that because he's learnt it. So I think your point is correct. Yeah. Maybe it's difficult to get guys to book onto clinics because they they don't know what they're booking onto. They don't the the pro that's trying to sell it, and they they, they make money out of this. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't do I don't, I'm not expecting anybody to give me their putting green and their members and and them not be financially rewarded yeah, yeah, for yeah. this. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I think it's probably a point that a, a good point that. They don't know what they're actually trying to sell to their members. Yeah. Um, but in time, they will. Because, oh, big time. I completely agree. It really is. It's it, it's uh, it, it's growing all every week. Yeah. It's, every week on tour. Yeah, yeah. You see it more and more and more. And it's good because... Especially the young people. Yeah. The, the future, right? If the big this time. gets taught in all the major university programs. Yeah. Now. All the colleges learn it. So, exactly. Yeah, Sweeney right now, it, well, in the spring, uh, they... Uh, they have a, a program of working with lots of the colleges in the states who are producing the next generation of tour players. Arizona State, you know, Wake yeah. Forest, Stanford Golf. It's 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 this this thing is only going to get bigger, mm. and I can't wait to be the guy that's like I told you so. Like you should have done this two years ago or a year ago. But yeah, Rice and Slice podcast was there first. Rice and Slice podcast. Imagine <laughs> imagine how Mark Sweeney feels. Yeah, because he was. Uh, I mean, he just came up against brick wall after yeah, brick I bet, wall I bet. after brick wall at the beginning, uh, saying, "No, you can't. You, or, you can't predict putting." Yeah, um, p- people must have thought he was crazy. Yeah, like even even speaking the idea, he goes, "No, you need to hear me out. This actually works." Yeah, and he and, proved it, and he's proven it. There and, you go. And I think he's. I think the important thing is not only has he proved it via data and like percentages, but now. P, like tour wins, simplifying. Amazing. It. No, seriously, the biggest thing I think in 2023 is now 
first of all, the rule change, yeah. right, that you can now stand on the, on line. the line. Yeah, yeah. And it was accurate before changing. Exactly. Yeah. Now, it's, it's, more, but it's, now it's now even easier. more accurate. Yeah. You're making it, again, for mass adop- adaption to happen, you need to make it simple to understand because most people are actually a bit stupid like me. Well, I don't think it's stupid, but it's a you, point. Use your fingers. Yeah. You, you need, and feel you, the greens. If you don't know uh, about That's a point, it. please look into it. Um, Mark's details are on the, on the link description below. Please go follow Mark. Uh, massive shout out and thank you to Forest Pines for having us here today, uh, for letting us mess around on the golf course, for treating us to food, to drinks, to thank you guys. We can't thank you enough. We can't wait to come back. Uh, I would love to get around in anywhere with you. It's All happening. 27 holes. Yeah, just anywhere. I'm not, I don't care if it's here or anywhere. I will come find you. You can come find me. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't care. I mean, this is a, this is a, a very long, long friendship. I feel, I feel like. And this oh, is only long the distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, and yeah. Long standing yeah. relationship. So thank you guys for listening. Um, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for... I have a feeling that you will be back on the podcast. I think there's so many things that we haven't talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. Oh, we could talk all day. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And it's so easy as well between yeah. us. So, um, yeah, sometimes if, if Chenji is on holiday and he can't do a podcast, I might just come up and record a podcast with you. He, he's, <laughs> already, he's already thinking about replacing me. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I can't <laughs> replace you, Chenji. I love you too much. Two's company. Two's company. Three's a crowd. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> right. Thank you I know my listening. place, Chenji. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, again. Okay, Thank you, Mark. Please, like, please subscribe. Thank you. That was great. <laughs>